<laughs> Wait a minute. How did this get in here? It's a little out of place. <laughs> this is like a like an ad that was gonna run yesterday on my show. And it was like just in time for Christmas. And we're like, whoop, nope. Alright, get out of here, Mariah. This we're back to old school. There we go. There's the useful theme music. Welcome. This is this is the cowboy song and my cowboy like I don't know if it's a cowboy voice or welcome to lacrosse <laughs> talk pm partner i don't know you gotta throw a partner in it 608-785-7914 is the talking text line i'm rick solom in the studio with me as he is most fridays even in a in a blizzard last week right or two was that two weeks ago yeah was like a that was a couple here? weeks ago that I, huge blizzard that's UW lacrosse political science professor anthony tragoski who i always forget to take a picture to prove that he was actually in studio and then I'm i here. just use the goofiest picture uh when i throw the, the <laughs> podcast up later online but now we got a picture i'll send it to your wife for approval it's it's my wife's favorite thing looking at all the ridiculous pictures of me that you take all right so i didn't I didn't even look at this yet. The, oh, your top story is great. And then we have just some of the rundown stuff uh, that we're going to talk about today. We we only have so much time. So um, Ron Kine setting Congress aflame right before he leaves office after 26 years. Is that one? Yeah. Does he really, though? I mean, I'm trying to get him in here. Like, I've, I, I sent his handler an email. And I, go, I realized that in a few days, you this email will no longer be used. Because you will no longer, Ron Kine will no longer be in Congress. So, just letting you know, I'm trying to get him on next week, even though he'll be, he, you know, he'll just be a regular citizen, right? So, um, just for the record, I'm trying to get Ron. So don't piss him off before before I try to get him in <laughs> studio. And it would be great if he came in next Friday. We could just all yeah. three of us sit in here, right? Um, all right. So there's a Ron Kine story about just. Just the, kind of the same thing he talks about all the time, the division in, is it more, I didn't read it, obviously, is it more in Congress or is it more, in the Congress is, the, the division is countries, countrywide, sort of speak? I think it's both, Rick. I think he focuses more on Congress because he's been there for 26 years and so he's been able to see the changes over time in the incredible political divide that exists in Congress and you know, he really stands out for his political style. I, some people dispute just how moderate his voting record is. He has been successful over the years at portraying himself as a moderate. He has split with his party on certain occasions while voting with his party on other occasions. But whatever the case, Ron Kind is well positioned to see the political divide in Congress, just as any member of Congress is. And that's one thing that he really emphasized in this interview with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He talked a lot about the political divide in Congress and said that that is really the key problem facing the institution right now. Not money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could I be mean, money. You know, money. It's, it's always hard to say, Rick, what is the root of the problem in Congress? Because we know that Congress is broken, but is the root of the problem money? Is the root of the problem the political divide? I, I mean, don't know. I had Brad Paff, State Senator Brad Paff, sitting in here a couple days ago, and I just said, because because the we have a, a budget surplus that's $6.5 billion. Mm-hmm. We have Republicans saying they want a flat tax and Democrats saying they just want to lower taxes for lower and middle class people. And Republicans are like almost literally saying, in fact, are they literally saying we want to lower taxes for rich people? They're all they're literally saying that. Right. And I looked at Brad and I'm like, 
how how does how is that how does that work? Like sure. So Devin Lemahieu, who is the Senate Majority Leader, the top Republican in the Wisconsin State Senate, has talked about going to a flat tax of three point five percent, where everyone would pay the same income tax rate three point five percent to the state government. Now that would dramatically lower the top tax rate. It would only very slightly reduce the bottom tax rate. So the effect would be different depending on people's incomes, depending on the current income that they have in the tax bracket that they're in. Now, Rick, the thing is, this was what Republicans had been very much eyeing if Tim Michaels had won the election for governor. They had been eyeing the flat tax, major tax reform, using the $6.6 billion budget surplus to get to that point. But now with Governor Evers getting reelected, a flat tax is never going to happen. So Devin Lemahue and the Republicans are trying to stake out a flat tax as maybe their opening bid in the broader debate over tax cuts, knowing that it'll never happen under Governor Evers, but wanting to start off with a more extreme position Position so they can bargain their way down to maybe a, a place where they can meet with the governor, find some common ground. I mean, I, I feel like there was literally a quote where either Voss or Lemahieu said those the, the rich already pay enough in taxes. They need some relief, too. And it was just like and I just asked Paff, I'm, I'm like, Senator Paff, I'm like, well, is that be, just simply because the rich people can fund campaigns? And this is where I get back to money and politics. And sure. this is. You know, these people aren't looking out for the middle and lower class. They're looking out for the rich because the rich are funding their campaign. Yeah, Rick. And that's part of the big loophole that exists in Wisconsin politics, where people can donate any amount of money to the political parties in Wisconsin. And then the political parties can just transfer that money to the candidates. So while there is limits on how much you can give to the candidates, there's a big loophole that enables people to give lots of money, get it into the system, get it to the political party. Parties and really make a big impact with big time donations in that way. 608-785-7914. We deep dived into money and politics and <laughs> uh, political divides right off the bat on a New Year's Eve type show. Uh, we weren't supposed to do that. No. I mean, there is a lot of stuff to talk what about. Happened? And we do have what I want to get into is our top stories of the year. I have the wisdomnews.com top stories of the year, which are very uh, it's an some of them are, mix. I, I, I don't have top stories in general. <laughs> like Brad, over the course of the week, has done kind of top themes, although I don't think he put any of those online, so we can't even go back and look at them. But we do have the most clicked stories of 2022, yes. which are just like, okay, I can see that. And then the other ones are like, wait, what? That was the, uh, the number one story is weird. So we'll get to that in a little bit. And then Chagoski has put together his own, like your personal list of top stories. My own personal take on the top 10 political stories of the year. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608. 785-7914 is the talking text line. We're going to do a couple of top 10 lists, top 10 stories of the year, top 10 most click stories, Chagoski's top 10, and then just a weird story that has nothing to do with the top 10 that I found uh, that has to do with roundabouts. Chagoski, did you, do you want to talk <laughs> about did. that? Well, if I we have did. time, this is usually we save like a, a stupid story for the end, and that's definitely what we well, have. Well, nothing gets people going like a roundabout issue. Well, I mean, imagine, well, I can't, I would, I'm teasing this, so I'm not going to tell you about the roundabout story. Till I the mean, end if, of the show. if you just did stories about roundabouts, that would be the entire top 10 list well, for Wizzo. <laughs> I was just going to say, if we had, a, oddly enough, we had a, some roundabout stories this year. Yeah. 
and they aren't in the top ten. So spoiler alert: roundabouts didn't make. That's, that's, that's the big kind surprise, of surprise. Honestly, maybe we have to rehash how we think about roundabouts and traffic in this in terms of being clicked on. In- uh, are people just getting to? I dare say like roundabouts. I, I have to. I'm going to just do control <laughs> F. Find round. There is not the word round in the in wow the, in the top 25. I only have the top 25 to out of uh, 239,000 stories. Oh, just a few. It's sad to think that I p- <laughs> posted maybe 200,000 stories on the website. That can't be right. Maybe that's all time. Um, all right, so let's let's do this. Let's do the the wisdom top 10 most clicks. So it has nothing to do with opinion mm-hmm. and and anything like that. But I, I will say the top one is like kind of a it's kind of like when the Star Wars trilogy comes to an end, but the last movie is like a mm, oh okay. Well, I don't, and that's not true for the Star Wars trilogy, but I don't know. Think of a trilogy like Game of Thrones. That's a perfect example. I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, but seasons. I think there's seven seasons. Seasons one through six are great, and and I couldn't even watch season seven, so I don't even know. I don't even know what happened there because I was like, um, I'm gonna quit watching season seven, season seven because it was so bad. So. Yep. Okay, that's K two Y. I was freaking out because the buzzer's going off, and oh, there's two okay. buzzers in the studio, or in the in like, the. Are we out the air? <laughs> and either in, the, and I don't know which one is which because they're very similar. Okay, so we're on the air. Thank you. Um, all right, so number ten story most clicked in on the Wisdom website. One the the, the gubernatorial gubernatorial gubernatorial. So <laughs> what I like to do is just change that in the story and and just add governor's race. So the governor's race and the amount of money that Tim Michaels and Governor Tony Evers were bringing in. So the 10th most clicked story on the website this year was a, a story about money and politics. Here we're, we're circling back to the first thing we talked about. Today. Yeah, Rick, it was a story about how Governor Evers was outspending Tim Michaels in the race for governor in Wisconsin. And this is something that a lot of Republicans in Wisconsin were really confused about. They were under the impression that Tim Michaels was going to put a lot more money into the election than he actually did. In fact, once he got the nomination, Tim Michaels started asking people for money, and that came to confuse a lot of Republican donors. They're like, well, wait a minute. I thought he was going to self-fund. I thought he was going to put his own fortune into the race. And he, and he did. He did to a great extent, but you talk to a lot of Republicans, and they thought Tim Michaels was going to spend a heck of a lot more of his own money. What ended up happening is that Tony Evers drastically outspent Tim Michaels because Tony Evers bought in the dough. In the last segment, we talked about that loophole where political parties in Wisconsin can funnel unlimited amounts of, of money to the candidates. Yeah. That is exactly what the Democratic Party of Wisconsin did. They poured money into Tony Evers' campaign, and Tony Evers has proven to be an effective fundraiser. That meant that Tony Evers just greatly outspent Tim Michaels. Okay, uh, this might be a Tim Dale political theory question, but is this where gerrymandering kind of also hampers the state? Okay, if, if Republican Party and Democratic Party of Wisconsin both have unlimited, they can do whatever they, they, first of all, they can take in as much money as they want. Right. Then they can dole it out to whoever they want that's running, right? Uh, if exactly. we want to give all the money, like the uh, Wisconsin Repo- uh, Republican, no, Democratic Party of Wisconsin raises $100 million. Mm-hmm. They're going to go, you know what? We're going to give $99 million to Governor Tony Evers. Yep. And and then maybe $1 million to Steve Doyle. We'll just do that because Doyle's in a district that we could probably, it's a swing district, but we can win. The rest of the districts are gerrymandered. We're not going to win or lose any of them. We already know where we're standing. And the most important thing right now is to get 
Governor Evers a win and then save the state from a, a veto proof majority veto right? proof majority. And and that is that maybe what is happening because I, the state is so gerrymandered. Therefore, and Republican, same same deal. Therefore, your candidates, if if you wanted Chris Woodard to win in the lacrosse La area here, uh, Republicans aren't going to fund him any money because they already know that this this area is gerrymandered to Jill Billings. It's gerrymandered to Democrats. And therefore, there's no point. It's a big part of it, Rick, because due to gerrymandering, there is so few competitive districts in Wisconsin. So there's only so many places you can actually put your money as a political party. And with statewide elections being so competitive in this state, that's where the money is going to flow. So what you're saying is absolutely correct. There, You really don't get a lot of bang for your buck in a lot of these state legislative races because the districts are drawn to predetermine the outcome. You put the money where it can make a difference, and that's in situations like the race for governor i'm thinking on the fly here so i'm deep diving more um primary mm-hmm. well, they would probably use a lot more money in the primary maybe even tim michaels used the more of his money in the primary to beat clayfish than he did to beat he beat, put uh, a lot of money into the primary to yeah beat rebecca clayfish yep. okay so i mean there it is again i mean gerrymandering uh only only doesn't help in the in the election it, it furthers your views to the right or to the left in the primary and therefore sure. most of the money being spent because you don't know who's going to win the primary when that election comes between Democrats and Republicans. It's gerrymandered. You already know the the outcome. Rick, well, real quick, the other thing is that Wisconsin Democrats are far more effective than Wisconsin Republicans. I'm talking about the political party organization, far more effective on the Democratic side at raising money. This has been a real point of consternation, of frustration for Republicans. They want to raise more money. They're having a really hard time keeping up with the Democrats. But they cater to the rich. What I mean, we just talked about this. Then don't they? Uh, they're going to lower taxes for the rich. So give well, them all your money. The the a significant portion of their money comes from one family, the Uline family, that has a lot of business interests in Wisconsin. So the Wisconsin Republicans are very dependent on this one family for their funding, and Democrats have a lot more of that small dollar money coming in. We did, we did this again. Like I'm doing a top ten. We spent all the time on number <laughs> Let's ten. Go to the top. We Let's we go spent to all nine. time number ten. Okay, number. Number nine is this is going to be a theme a little bit, but comedian Charlie Barron's on lacrosse. He so he he did two shows in lacrosse at the lacrosse center. I yeah, interviewed him great. after the first show, and he said, "Probably, probably, uh, p r o l l y, probably one of the most unique shows I've ever done." So Charlie Barron's just on. There's a video of of him after the show. I recorded a little interview with him, and then he took a selfie with us, like to. He's like, you want a selfie? And I'm like, no, I don't want a selfie. He's like, give me your phone. And then he took it. It was kind of funny. Um, I'm never showing anyone that picture, but because uh, I had a hat on, and then I took the hat off. Um, anyway, so number nine story is just Charlie Barron's performing two live shows at the Lacrosse Center. Yeah, the that was awesome. Renovated, uh, pretty fun shows. Um, number eight, number nine, eight. Yeah, number eight. I don't have these numbered. I'm just going back backwards on my tabs. Uh, Wisconsin U.S. Senators Ron Johnson and Tammy Baldwin statements. I'm passing the Inflation Reduction Act. This is something that I think it's sometimes it's hard to get a statement on. They only put out statements on the big things or on the very controversial. Uh, I want to go after things. Ron Johnson will put something out on the border maybe once a week, uh-huh. like migration border. Um, but the Inflation Reduction Act, they both had statements on this. And I, I want to say 
Uh, you know, one of these we talked about where Tammy Baldwin had bullet points on everything that, and then Ron Johnson had one. I didn't even read it. It was too big or something like that. It was kind of funny. So that's number seven, the Inflation Reduction Act statements. It's something that, as a media, like it's, I would like to see where our local politicians voted on all the bills, but they do mm-hmm. these things where, you know, the state legislature passes 100 over the course of a night and you can't, you can't keep up. Uh, number seven, I think we're on number seven. This is one of those just weird, okay, this made it to the top 10. Wisconsin Republican governor candidate. So we used to have, what, four candidates running? Yep. for yep. Uh, Clayfish, Tim Michaels. Tim Rampton. Tim Rampton. Okay, and then Kevin Nicholson. So he's the, is he the UW? No, he's not the Stevens Point. This uh, guy Nicholson's was, UWL, yeah. Oh, no, is he, Kevin Nicholson was a former politician, right? He's not in the state legislature anymore. Oh, that, that's right. No, he, he has not held public office. I believe he was in the race for governor. He did drop out. He did not go all the way through to the August primary. And yeah, Tim Michaels jump in to give Rebecca Clayfish competition. This goes back to gerrymander. So Kevin Nichols is in a in a race with three other Republicans to win the nomination to run for Wisconsin governor. And why did he drop out? Maybe because of this story right here. The number seven click story on wisdomnews.com. Kevin Nicholson says he believes President Joe Biden won the 2020 election. He says this a year and a month after the election itself. See you later, dude. You're not going to win the Republican primary because you said Joe Biden won. Yeah, it was one of the strange aspects of this primary, Rick, because you would have these repeated questions to the candidates. Did Joe Biden win the election? And you had these weird, evasive responses that maybe said he did win the election, but there were lots of problems. Maybe like Tim Rampton, you just denied the election result. So people were all over the map on this. It was a real problem for these candidates to try to dance around the issue a bit and make everyone happy. You know, acknowledge that Biden won the election, but all also try to be in step with the Republican base that doubts the election. I mean, I don't know what this is about politics and wrong kind, right, and the division mm-hmm. in politics, but it was the number seven click story on Wisdom. Just the, a, 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 a governor candidate who dropped out. So he wasn't, he was never the favorite. In fact, I, I would say right. he was probably a distant third just ahead of Ranthon. And uh, it's the seventh most click story because he just said the president won the election. Yeah, kind of weird. Uh, number six, also... Just a little bit. It, it, this one hasn't lived very long. It's only been alive here a couple of days on Wisdom News. Uh, the runner up to Miss Wisconsin now gains that title. So the the second place winner of the Wis- Miss Wisconsin pageant gets that title because Miss America is the former Miss Wisconsin. So it's just a very short story that uh, 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 what is it? A Fond du Lac person won Miss Wisconsin. Yeah, or- really cool. A nuclear engineering student from UW Madison won the Miss America pageant. And so now we need a new Miss Wisconsin. Yep. And then we just take the runner up instead yeah. of having a whole, and that makes sense. And people love that apparently. Yeah. I guess maybe because Miss Wisconsin became Miss America. I mean, <laughs> sure. But this is the, the second place one. Uh, number three, back to Charlie Barron's. This is going to be a theme here. Comedian Charlie Barron's says uh, the Taj Mahal of comedian Charlie Barron's his his Taj Mahal of quick trips opens soon in La Crosse while adjacent store converts to a quick spirits. If there's nothing, if it's not roundabouts, so apparently it's not. It is quick trip stories like quick trip stories are always going to make it in the top 10. We had uh, this is not the Taj Mahal of quick trips. The new quick trip opened on the south side. Right. Uh, right on the main drag. There'll probably be a roundabout there next year. It'll be a top click story for 2023. 
Uh, but yeah, I and if I. If you combine a quick trip story with a roundabout story, that's for sure going to be the number one. And I'm shamelessly using Charlie, my Charlie Barron's interview from like last October or maybe even two Octobers ago to just rehash the fact that we talked about the Taj Mahal quick trip. I think he said, "I'll be there. You don't even have to pay me. I'm just going to be there anyway <laughs> to help open the Taj Mahal." Um, all right, so that was number six, right? Uh, five, four. That might have been a number five. I completely five. lost count. I got four left, so whatever we're on, that was number five. Uh, number four is uh, we're a to- terrible transition, but a woman reportedly shot her husband and shot herself at a Coon Valley home. Um, that is the number four story, most click story. Number three is one that also is not very, very long-lived here on the Wisdom website. It is one that I'm driving home, and here's the thing that happened. Uh, a semi hauling a 40,000-pound Front end loader, so like one of those giant construction tractors. There's pictures, I tons of pictures on wisdomnews.com and this uh, smashes into a Hoka home where the mom and her son were watching TV. So right where the semi smashes into the house is where they were sitting watching. And she said debris flew by her face and she grabbed her son. Um, and it was, it was, it's a crazy story. Um, it, more crazy that this house has been hit like dozens of times or uh, double digits at least double digits of times you can see the whole house is all brick and it's it's all shifted over uh the whole it's going to be torn down but they put this giant rock you can see the Chagoski. there's a giant rock that the semi smashed yeah. up into and went up in the air they put that giant rock there because cars keep hitting that house wow and i i kind of want to reach out to this lady and say are you going to sue there's got to be an entity you can sue here because if you're putting a giant rock in front of the house to keep cars from hitting your living room, there's probably a lawsuit. There's some issues going on there. So, all right, got to wrap it up here. Uh, number number two story on the Wisdom News website uh, for the year. And if you're like, no, you're on number three. No, we're on number two because this is all the links I have open. Uh, <laughs> is this it? Oh, this is – no, this is Brad's story. So, Okay. That was number two, the, the semi, because I... Number I'm, one is the insect. The number one story is officials confirm invasive insect found in Iowa. <laughs> this is the number one story on the wizard. Most click story of 2022. The dreaded spotted lanternfly. Yeah, you do that because I want to look and make sure I didn't miss one of these stories. Yeah. Because so you, you, lo- you were reading this. You're like, why is this the number the one The spotted story? lanternfly, it is native to China, India, and Vietnam, but it was accidentally introduced into Pennsylvania in 2014, and it has been confirmed in 11 states. It threatens the country's grape, orchard, nursery, and logging industries. It was spotted in Iowa, and Iowa's Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship wanted people's help if they spotted this dreaded. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before it's in Land Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, it's probably got yeah, to move. It's probably already here. It's pro- It's got to, like, uh, it, it's probably in your basement next to all your, your Asian <laughs> beetles that are sitting right. in the corner. Yeah. Um, I did find that. So that's the number one story. I just want to do this because it's funny. The number two story is actually um, the actual interview with me and lacrosse, uh, ah, me and Charlie Barron's on lacrosse. So Charlie Barron's is three of the ten. <laughs> I worked Charlie Barron's in nice. three stories. And only one of them is like. I guess this one because I literally interviewed him on Lacrosse Talk PM. And then the other one is he literally performed a show at the Lacrosse Center. So two of them are legit, but the other one is actually Quick Trip opening, and I just worked Charlie's quotes into it. <laughs> All right, t- top 10 from Chugoski coming up. Seems you can 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. See how my demeanors change with this Harry Styles song? Yeah. Uh, apparently the number one song of 2022. One of the top songs. One of the top. Okay. we Perhaps not, the top. Perhaps. We didn't, we, we, we didn't it's, deep it's, dive. It's subjective. We didn't deep dive too, no. too much into this uh, top songs. Uh, we usually, about 13 seconds before the show comes back to, to air, we go, <laughs> oh, what song should we play? Um Let's see here. I did get a text. I'm trying to think of the context that we were talking. Uh, The texter says, I don't think they are even going to start taxing until you make twenty five to thirty thousand dollars, yeah, oh. that that could be one of the ways to or the flat tax. <laughs> exactly. So there are some workarounds. There are some ways that you know you, you could have this. You know, maybe benefit the lower income people a bit more. That's certainly the Democratic Party's talking point is that if Wisconsin moves to a flat tax, it will disproportionately benefit the wealthy. There are some ways that Republicans might try to respond to that, and that is one of them. You know, when does the tax kind of kick in? I literally pulled this up yesterday when I talked with Adam Murphy and and the idea that we have, and maybe I talk about it with Brad Paff, actually, we have, what quote unquote, a progressive tax rate. Sure. But we still pay, we still tax people that make under thirteen thousand dollars, three point five percent in Wisconsin, and then we tax people between thirteen thousand and twenty five thousand dollars. We tax them at four point six five percent, and then the the progressiveness ends right there because people that make between twenty five thousand dollars and two hundred and eighty one thousand dollars. Are, are taxed at the same rate. And that's where Tony Evers is saying that he wants to do a 10% tax reduction. And so that's going to be the big showdown. For that whole bracket? Yeah, for kind of like the middle income folks. That, that's what Tony Evers wants to do. He wants to do a 10% when you say, reduction. When you say middle income folks, you put your hands I in know. a quote. You do quote marks on there, middle I, income. I, I, I know. It's $281,000 middle income It's folks. middle income folks and then lots of upper income folks. Yeah, lots of people <laughs> making well over $100,000. Uh, yeah, because if, if Tony Evers was going to do anything, you just add about seven brackets between $25,000 sure. and $280,000. Also, anyone making under $25,000, like we could just not tax them. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the potential workarounds. And that's the thing that the texter is saying, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are some ways that Republicans might try to craft a proposal so that they can avoid the charge that they're just trying to benefit the wealthy with a tax cut. I know you're not the money man, but the... I am uh, not. The... No, I forgot what I was going to say. So never mind. All right, let's get to your political <laughs> stories. I was going to be, I don't know, a deep diving into, ta- into income tax rates. Anyway. Yeah, Rick. Um, I live in Minnesota, so I don't care. Uh, top 10 political stories from Anthony Zhirgowski. So we we have to start at the, the bottom, right? We do. And uh, are these more themed than, they're not they specific are themes. stories. Yeah, they top are themes. themes. Yeah, you know, Rick, when I was thinking about the topics that generated the most calls and texts is no doubt it was the homeless situation in lacrosse so i had to put that on the list let's just uh, now you spoil it that's number 10 but the theme would be local to statewide local and statewide okay so from from essentially from wisconsin state probably political too in a a way uh because obviously what you're due for for a living um, so, all right. So in Wisconsin, and then shrink it down to the lacrosse area, your number 10 story, your number 10 theme is the homeless situation of lacrosse. Yeah. And there's so many facets to this. We could do a whole show just on that from the, the county and the city trying to buy a uh, bridge housing and yeah. then somebody swooping in and, and dropping a what I like to say, like a, just a sack of money to make a cash offer on the building at the county and the city we're going to buy for homeless 
uh, to the city trying to buy a motel and then saying it was so terrible that, that they couldn't even get it approved. That's why I put it on the list, Rick, because there were so many odd and dramatic twists and turns in the story about the homeless situation in La Crosse, and it generated so much interest and passion from the audience. It generated so much uh, it's just, just, just attention from the public in a way that you normally don't see attention devoted to local political matters and i will say i've reached out because i want to i want to talk about it next week hopefully with uh somebody from either the county or from one of the the entities that work with the homeless just because we still i believe i haven't looked over there when i drive over the bridge but i believe there's still um homeless encampment over at huska park uh also Uh in the twin cities they just they just bulldoze their homeless encampment like today or yesterday Um, All right. Number nine. I'll let you do it. Yeah. Number nine. Democrats narrowly winning two local elections. uh, John Siegel winning the La Crosse County Sheriff's election. And then Steve Doyle narrowly winning a competitive state assembly race. These were two difficult races for Democrats in La Crosse County. They ended up winning both of them. And so certainly there is going to be some um, some there, there has been quite a bit of celebrating among the Democratic Party about how they did in La Crosse County in 2020. Um, speaking of Bruce the Money Man, he did text him when we were talking is. about income tax rates. He says 4.6% of a lot is a lot. So 4.6% of $280,000. Sure. And then he said 3.5% of nothing is nothing. So if you're. He's right. Yeah. So thanks, Bruce. Um, all right. Number. Number eight, I think. Uh, let's yeah. see here. Let me let me look. I want to set this up a little bit. This is something we talked about. I talked about on Monday, and then I talked with Adam Murphy about this yesterday. The politicized DNR policy board. Just this bizarre story, Rick, with Fred Preen. He was appointed to the Department of Natural Resources Policy Board by Scott Walker. Now, his term ended a while ago. His term ended a while ago, and yet he remained on the board because the state Senate had not taken up the confirmation of Sandra Noss, his appointed successor term ended almost two years ago it did okay so there's a couple of i have a couple of conspiracy conspiracy theories um one of the newspapers in the state did an open records request to see where he stood on some of the oh no the open records request to see who was we always talk about this who is paying for the lawyers when they when they get sued by the state or uh, when the state sues I each other. Who, Rick. So the story came out this week. Wisconsin taxpayers you paid and me. Fred oh, Preens. Me. Yeah. You, well, I work here, so yeah. I think some of my money goes. $76,000 to pay for Fred Preens' lawyers uh, to keep him in a policy board position on the DNR. He's a dentist from I Wausau. I tell you, Rick, there is no better gig out there than an attorney that is involved with political disputes in Wisconsin. There's just like an open-ended amount of money available from the taxpayers for those political disputes. Okay, so Fred Preen is fighting a lawsuit. So taxpayers are paying $76,000 yeah, for Fred Preen. It's ridiculous. But Who's on the other side of that lawsuit? Do you know? Because you should know. It's the attorney general, right? It is. Josh Call. So who's paying Josh Call's attorney fees? You, well, me. <laughs> right. So where is the other half of this story, right? Like, because Josh is, Call. Isn't this a massive hustle? I mean, it's I'm telling you, this is the this is the whole game. I yeah. think this, if you want to do the whole conspiracy, the and world Rick, is run by. This, we've seen this over and over and over again in Wisconsin politics where. Michael pe- Gableman. Absolutely. This, I mean, is that on your list? It is on okay. my list. Okay. Well, we'll get to it in a minute then because. <laughs> we could keep this going. But here's two things. So that story comes out this week. Fred Preen last week resigned. He said, it's time for me to resign. 
Or is it time for you to resign because you knew in a week this story was going to come out that yep. Wisconsin taxpayers paid your lawyer fees for $76,000? that's an interesting theory. On top of that, he resigned right after Wausau's Rib Mountain, Granite Peak, the, the, the ski hill there, just got a giant like approval for a massive something that like uh, mm-hmm. environmentalists in the area are like, leave the natural area alone. No, the ski resort wants more resort. Mm-hmm. And he lives in Wausau. He's on the policy board that approves that, and that just went. That just story just came out this week as well. So he stepped down right after that too. So yep, that's Rick conspiracy theory number seven on your list. Yeah, the Trump factor. So his endorsement, Donald Trump's endorsement, absolutely made the difference for Tim Michaels in the governor's race, the primary election on the Republican side. Rebecca Clayfish did not get Donald Trump's endorsement. Had Rebecca Clayfish gotten Donald Trump's endorsement, she would have absolutely won the Republican nomination. But between the amount of money, his own money, that Tim Michaels spent trying to win the Republican nomination and Donald Trump's endorsement, he won the nomination. But... Now we have Republican Speaker Robin Voss, the most powerful Republican in Wisconsin state government, saying that he will try as hard as he can to make sure Donald Trump is not the Republican nominee in 2024. We have most of this done, but there's 10 minutes left in the show. We have seven on here. So if we spend a minute on every one, we'll be perfect. Um, But I I do want to say real quick, if Clayfish would have won, would Clayfish have beaten Evers? Uh, you know, there there are some who believe that she would have had a better chance because she would have of, had significantly less money. Right? She would have had less money, but at the same time, maybe she would have run a more effective campaign. Okay, number six is the Gable back the Gableman to, investigation. Back to taxpayers paying a million dollars to investigate the twenty twenty well election. Well over a million dollars. It just blew through the budget. It went way over budget. It went way over the time that but was planned. What did and we it, come to? What What was the conclusion that we came the to? The conclusion Michael was that there was no conclusion at all. Just get the H <laughs> it, out it of here. It was just a complete. It was just a complete. Uh, I don't even know what to call it, Rick. But it was. I mean, I'll just call it a boondoggle for back lack of a better word. Trying to find fraud in the 2020 election, there were no conclusions to speak of from well, the investigation. My my theory, and of course I say we only get a minute at all these, my theory is that we, we predicted that we would do this for four years, right yeah. up to the 2024 election. But we killed it right before the 2022 election. Rob Voss killed it. Because you started to see that, oh, saying that the 2020 election was rigged isn't actually working anymore to get votes. And maybe we need to end this line. And that's why Robin Voss also this week said, I'm not I'm not supporting Trump if he's the nominee. Absolutely, yep. Because Trump, all he does on the true social website is is talk about the rigged election and how everybody's rigged for him. It's kind of it's kind of funny. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll do the top five. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Jagowski has given us his top ten themes of uh, the state of Wisconsin, from the state of Wisconsin down to locally the, the Lacrosse area. His top ten story themes of the year. Uh, we're we're at number five, and I would just call it gerrymandering. Maybe yeah. is that kind of. <laughs> Absolutely, Rick. So there were competing maps of districts that were drawn, and due to a series of court rulings, the Republican-drawn districts for the Wisconsin State Legislature ended up getting approved. Right up to the Supreme Supreme Court, Went right? up to the Supreme Supreme Court. Did they, went, did they rule on something officially, or did they look at the Wisconsin Supreme Court and go, you guys better do what we say? Yeah, it was a very weird series of events. So there was a four-to-three ruling in the Wisconsin State Supreme 
Supreme Court that actually was favorable to the Democrats. It went along with Governor Evers' proposed maps. But then the U.S. Supreme Court said, hey, why don't you uh, why don't you give this another look? Yeah. And so the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. Do they Court, wink when they do that? Wink, yeah, wink, wink. wink. And, and so the Wisconsin State Supreme Court took another look, went with the Republican drawn maps. And Rick, you know, Republicans will argue about this. And frankly, they do have a point. They say that Democrats are really weak in rural areas and that that really puts Democrats at a huge disadvantage. They are right about that. But. It still is the case that the districts drawn by the Republican Party lock in their majority in the Wisconsin state legislature. All right. Number four is uh, probably going to be a top 10 story next year. The Wisconsin $6.6 billion budget surplus. We spent a lot of time in this. We don't have to spend a ton of time. Yeah, on Rick. Just the question of how this $6.6 billion surplus is going to be used. It sat there collecting dust during the Do you, do you think anyone comes to an agreement before july when they just do the budget it's going to be a tough situation because robin voss the republican assembly speaker the most powerful republican in wisconsin state government says he wants at least three billion dollars in tax cuts governor evers wants at least two billion dollars in increased funding for public schools but when you say three billion dollars in tax cuts that's tax cuts for the rich in my book and, and the republicans I, I don't know how we kind of reach an agreement on this. It's going to be a very painful process. It's going to be a very difficult process. Hopefully, just for the sake of the state, we can reach an agreement on this because that $6.6 billion should not be collecting dust. It could be a win-win. You just spend it all on cement for the roads. There you go. Number three, school referendum. Yeah, most did pass. There were a lot of referendum votes on the ballot for public schools. In total, $1.7 billion worth of school district referendums were approved by Wisconsin voters in 2022. People voting to raise their own taxes to increase funding for public schools. But number four and number three, coincidentally, like smashing into each other. Hey, on Alaska, we're going to vote to raise our own taxes in two different ways to help the schools. Meanwhile, the state legislature can't decide on paying out $6.6 billion of budget surplus. Rick, it's something that I left off the list because I do think it's more of a 2023 story, but funding for local governments. It's going to be a huge issue for Wisconsin going forward because we've got this huge surplus for the state government, but we've got local governments that are really struggling, that are really cash-strapped, that are struggling to just fulfill their basic services. Now, with the school referendum vote, I mean, the big exception to the overwhelming success rate that these votes had statewide was the school district of La Crosse. Yeah, 194.7 million dollar new high school didn't get passed. I would say arguably if I was doing this list spoiler alert, that's not on your top 2. Uh that might be my number 1 story in 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 the for for our for my own personal list. Sure. But number 2 for you is Derek Van Orden winning, uh, taking over for Ron Kynes? Yeah, Derek Van Orden defeating Brad Paff to flip the party control of the third congressional district out here in western Wisconsin, the district that covers everywhere from Platteville to La Crosse to Eau Claire to Stevens Point. Now, this absolutely does remain the most competitive district in the state. Democrats are already looking ahead to 2024 to think about defeating Derek Van Orden. There's talk about if Ron Kind made a mistake by retiring, if Ron Kind would have won had he want run for re-election and there's also a lot of what ifs rick 
did the Democrats blow it by not providing more funding, more resources to Brad Paff? A lot of Democrats did not think this was a winnable race, but it ended up being a 3.7 point margin of victory for Derek Van Orden. You put a little more money into this race on the Democratic side. Who knows if the outcome would have been different? Yeah, it sounded like like nationwide. There's there's like a national Democratic Party. and They, they put just, in Zippo into this in race. Zero, zero. And looking at it now, the House is so close, yeah. especially with the weirdo in New York, uh, Santos, <laughs> Santos yeah. uh, that would is that, you know, if he gets ousted somehow, that would that would bring the uh, division even closer. Um, OK. And then the number one theme for UW lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagasi, yeah. you got two whole minutes. Here. Incumbents winning statewide elections here. I threw in Minnesota as well, just to give you a shout out, Rick. <laughs> uh, Tim Walls winning reelection as governor of Minnesota. Tony Evers winning reelection as governor of Wisconsin. Ron Johnson winning reelection as U.S. senator from Wisconsin. I think what all three had in common if we're trying to find a commonality among these three very different people, is that they portrayed their opponents as extreme. Tim Walls portrayed Scott Jensen, his Republican opponent, as extreme on abortion. Tony Evers did exactly the same thing with Tim Michaels, saying that t- Tim Michaels' position on abortion is out of the mainstream, is out of step with where most Wisconsinites are. Meanwhile, Ron Johnson portrayed Mandela Barnes as out of the mainstream, as extreme on the issue of crime, public safety, and policing. So I think what all three had in common is they successfully portrayed their opponent as extreme, and that shows that swing voters still matter, Rick. We talk about the political divide a lot. And the political divide is very real, but there still are swing voters. There still are voters in the middle who can be persuaded. And I think Tim Walls in Minnesota, Tony Evers in Wisconsin, Ron Johnson in Wisconsin, all portrayed their opponent as extreme and won over those key swing voters. Um, no Senate race in Minnesota last no Senate, election. Nope, nope. But then there'll be there'll be one the next two Klobuchar. cycles, right? Yep, the next Amy Klobuchar. Two, um, do we know, like, and Tammy Baldwin will be on the ballot Tammy in Baldwin will be on the ballot. Yep. Is the question, are we already going to question her if she's going to retire or not? Or 